The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Councilmember Angela Whitfield Calloway. Present. You have a quorum, Madam Chair? Thank you. Having a quorum present, we are now in session. Colleagues, if you've had an opportunity to review the minutes, is there a motion on the minutes? There's a motion to approve the minutes. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are going to move into public comment. Do we have anyone present for public comment? I see two individuals present. If you are joining us via Zoom and would like to make a public comment, please raise your hand. If we can set the clock for two minutes. Yes. Uh, give, give me one moment. As soon as the clock appears on the screen, you can get started. All right, thank you. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Mr. Eric Griffey. Um, I just recently came back uh, out, of, out of state lines from, from uh, Texas. Um, unfortunately, uh, uh, well, fortunately, when I came back, um, um, well, let me back backwards because uh, I wasn't really appreciated through the city of Detroit as well as the state of Michigan on what I had, uh, um, I guess, accomplished here as far as uh, uh, using my uh, DNA sample for a cure for HIV, which they kind of studied. Um, also, um, Mary Waters, thank you for using me as an example to help the children out as well when I was out of state lines, um, and also defeating the cartel as well, a couple of them down south. And uh, I wasn't given a, they called me a lame duck. Um, they put me out of my home, my apartment in southwest Detroit. And, um, and um, what else they did? And also took my son illegally from me. And um, I didn't appreciate that. So uh, I felt like it should be some form of a, I had a little support, you know, I had a tremendous amount of support, but I had a tremendous amount of enemies in defeating, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, you know, from cartel members to crazy, you know, I don't call them crazy, normal uh, individuals, you know, as far as out of state line and here. And so uh, I felt really nervous about coming back. You know, I had a lot of people come at me, from, come to my rescue down south, from Dan Gilbert to uh a lot of people, you know, Jim Branston has showed up. Uh, who else showed up? Uh, another person, the advocate here, trying to come get me out of state lines. I wasn't really comfortable in coming here. But at the end of it, when I felt so threatened and I did not want to come back, I had no other options because y'all, because of, I was just, and I realized. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, your, your two minutes are up, but I'm going to ask for one of my team members to come out to get your information so we can better understand um, how we can be of support and of service to you. Okay. All right. Thank yeah. you. Yes.
Good morning, Mr. Carmet. Good morning, council people. I've come here to talk about uh, this Revere dock that's on this uh, agenda. That is the property that I was trying to buy back in 2014 when Mayor Duggan got in there. This gentleman was supposed to buy that property, redevelop it. He was put a, put a seawall on it. He's supposed to invest $8 million in that property. He didn't do it. He put stone on that property without putting the seawall back to where it was. It was all rusted and corroded out, and, and it broke. It fell into the river, and there was $28 million worth of contaminants, nuclear waste and so forth, on that property. It fell into the river. It went down river. It went Monroe, Toledo. They got pipes that go all the way across to the city, uh, all the way to Wayne. It contaminated a whole complete neighborhood of the southwest eastern Michigan. This gentleman, we need, as the people, need to see what kind of agreement this is. You know, he got that property for a cheap price. That's where the new bridge is going. He needs to put in the $8 million he's supposed to, and he didn't do it. I got shook down in February 2014 to try to buy that price property by Mike Garvalia. Mike Garvalia is a good friend of Mike Cox and Mike Duggan. I didn't pay them $10,000, 20000 That's why I didn't get the property. I need, we need to know what this is in this agreement. It fell in the river a second time and contaminated you, you can't let this guy you got to open the agreement to people for where they can look at it this gentleman here paid somebody off to get that property this needs to be investigated you can't have a cl closed consent agreement heck it contaminated that's it thank you so much um so mr carmack is referencing item 10.4 if the law department can be prepared to share any information relative to that line item as we get to it, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Carmack. Hey, can I say one more thing? Your time is actually up. If you want to share any additional information with my team member, you can do so. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, Mr. Grady. Do we have any individuals with their hand raised via Zoom? Good morning, Madam Chair and honorable committee members. We have eight hands raised for virtual public comment. Okay, thank you. Can we get started with the first caller? Yes, uh, the first hand raised is from Cunningham. Good morning, Cunningham. You have two minutes. I'd like to start by saying thank you to all those. Can you hear me without echo? Yes. Okay. I'd like to thank all those that uh, helped me as I pass out bus tickets and hand warmers. And folks are really cold out some nights. And the buses are hour late, half an hour late, et cetera. Some of you all have a vehicle with paid insurance and paid gasoline and uh, you just don't understand what it is like to wait on the buses, uh, being the Detroit Department of Transportation is short bus drivers, and it skips, uh, skips buses. So it's supposed to be there within an hour, it'll be two hours or an hour and a half, and it's cold. 
So that random act of kindness of me giving them a hand warmer and a bus ticket kind of brightens their day. To reach me, you guys, and to listen to the message, 313-444-9114, 313-444-9114. Again, there's a message on there. Many of you call 313-444-9114. It is anonymous to call. Just listen. It's three minutes. Please listen. On Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, Forced Subservience Cunningham. On Facebook, Force Subservience Cunningham. And again, uh, those that assist, uh, you know that I'm in poverty myself, but I do believe in giving. I don't go to church anymore at the most of my life, but I still believe in giving 10%, 15%, and those are the hand warmers and the bus tickets, giving them out to the people since it is cold and the buses are terrible right now. There's a DDOT meeting coming up tomorrow. Look that up or Detroit Department of Transportation on Facebook. And Honorable Councilwoman Calloway, hello. Honorable Councilwoman Waters, hello. Honorable Councilwoman Johnson, hello. And have a great day, everybody at home. Thank you so much. The next caller. The next caller is Karen Winston. Good morning, Karen Winston. You have two minutes. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Good morning. Um, how's everyone this morning? Doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Um, I like to speak on a couple of things this morning. Um, first being um, the issue with uh, a slaughterhouse. Are we in danger of having uh, 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 licensing a new slaughterhouse on the west side of Detroit? I would prefer we didn't. I prefer we keep all that. Uh, stuff, you know, zone in Eastern Market where it currently is. I, I know they used to line those trucks up on Warren and Russell. They can keep lining them up over there for my money. And also, I want to speak on uh, oh, these freeways. So are the, is the city now taking over the state or the county's responsibility as it relates to the freeways and, you know, as far as the lighting and, and the trash? Because uh, we we being the city was always responsible for the service drive, but not the ramps or the freeways. That was always um, responsibility of the state. So um, yeah, I, I really like to say no to a new um, business. We we won't get any jobs. We never do. If we get them, we only get them for a moment, and we're not allowed to keep them. Thanks a lot, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Calloway. Um, yes, um, I can speak to the slaughterhouse issue. Um, it's proposed to um, um, come to my district. I absolutely oppose it. There's a public hearing being held right now with BC. I have posted the link um, on my um, Facebook page, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, if you call my office at 224-4535 or BC's office, you'll be able to get that link. But the public hearing is um, occurring right now. It started at 10 a.m., I was informed, and um, uh, we absolutely oppose a slaughterhouse coming to the Hope Village area, which is around Oakman Boulevard and Focus Hope. We have, um, I'm going to ask the person who is asking that the slaughterhouse um, come to my district, um, just drive three miles down 75 South and um, open up his slaughterhouse in the Eastern Market area where all the other slaughterhouses are. So I absolutely oppose the slaughterhouse being um, um, built or opened in District 2. So that 
hearing is going on right now. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Uh, and to Ms. Winston, we'll ask for the administration to address your question as it relates to the expansion of cleaning up the city um, and working in collaboration with the state of Michigan. Uh, Mr. Grady, the next caller. Yes, the next caller is Rochella Stewart, DPP TJT. Good morning, Rochella Stewart. You have two minutes. Good morning, uh, Councilwoman Waters, Johnson, and Callaway. Um, haven't been on this year. I want to welcome you back. Uh, hopefully, we have a good year this year with the residents. Um, I like to invite everyone, just like Cunningham was saying, to the virtual community input meeting for DDOT, Thursday, January the 19th, 5 p.m. The Zoom call in number is 1 312. 626-6799. And the meeting ID is 962-6808-2855. Anyone that can attend, please attend and find out what's happening in your Department of Transportation. And you can give comments and at least express how you feel or some ideas to what you want DDOT to look like in the future. Uh, I'm asking this honorable body as this we get into this year. I know it's getting uh, you're going into budget hearings. Uh, I will be in a lot of them leading up to March and April. You're deciding what you're going to do. Uh, I would hope that we can get some extra money into DDOT. Uh, I'm so glad that PR Transit is back in-house. Uh, I'm going to ask DDOT for an update on how it's going. Uh, is everyone being picked up on time? Are you know, the vehicles clean? Are they having any issues? But um, you will hear me in here with housing, transportation, air quality, that AMC deal that's happening now. Uh, those residents over there are going to need air filters. They're going to need a lot of things because that air is going to be contaminated with all the trucks and the construction and uh, things that's going over there on Plymouth. But I'm going to get off of here. I want you all to have a safe, and beautiful day, and I'm gone. Thank you so much. The next caller. The next caller is Carol Hughes. Good morning, Carol Hughes. You have two minutes. She's been given permission to talk. Okay. Okay. Good morning, honorable body. May I speak? Good morning. Yes, you may. I'm also calling about 10.1 on the docket today on the agenda. Um, I'm not sure what's going on, but I think an investigation should be held. I'm with Mr. Carmike. Uh, if this property has anything to do with what's going on with him, this city council has the ability to subpoena and find out what happened. I want to know what is in this agreement as well. I'm, I'm a little tired of the mayor speaking and his people, Conrad, speaking for the citizens, and they're not really speaking for the citizens. They're trying to hide this mayor's misdeeds and illegal activity. You want to know the reason, one of the reasons why 
there's so much crime in the city of Detroit because people don't see anything happening for them legally. They don't get any justice. And the woman who just called, don't you hear the, the type of depression that you have these people in because they have no hope because you don't give them any. You need to help people and stop giving them rhetoric and lip service. Investigate this mayor and what he's doing. We know that this mayor has been engaged in things that are illegal. He was uh, uh, when he first came in, he 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 he, he bushed, uh, pumped up the amount of money to tear down the houses. He went to inches instead of square feet. He's done so so many horrible things to the people in the city, and for the council to continue to cover up for him, write legislature, Miss Waters. To, to cover up the fact that he wants to add uh, special uh, uh, projects that he's done illegally with the corrupt uh, city council that just left. You know, you know, like two thirds of them should be in jail. Some of them are. Some of them are indicted. We we have to protect the people. That's what you're there for. You're there for it to be the buffer between the mayor and the people. And you aren't doing your jobs because you aren't being the buffer between the mayor and his illegal deeds. The, obviously, the court, the state, no one's going to help us. This man has doing illegal things, and he needs to be investigated. That's the bottom line. Thank you. Thank you. The next caller. The next caller is number ending in 534. Good morning, caller. With phone number ending in 534, you have two minutes. Good morning. May I be heard? Good morning, yes. Yeah. Well, I second the emotions of the last caller about this mayor. There just is not enough oversight. Makes me wonder what really goes on behind the scenes. Um uh, that sounds like a terrible idea to put a warehouse close to Focus Hope. And I noticed that, you know, somebody's planning a warehouse there and, you know, they want some of the residents nearby to sell out. Kind of kind of a very, you know, reoccurring story around here. I bet there have been mysterious fires, too. Um, we should really, really, really redirect the ARPA money to paying tutors for the children. And like some of the people said, they, 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 some of our young people are lost. I absolutely agree. They don't see a future for themselves. And I keep hearing of young men, particularly, who are committing suicide. But if you were to listen to city council, you'd hear about expensive development, expensive development all day long. What's this $300,000 going to the new venture fund about uh, setting up a voting pool. That needs to be very carefully looked at. We have a right to know how these machines and everything work, or how can we trust the elections. In the Revere Doc situation, absolutely, ladies, please, you're my Committee of Hope, do not advance this. We need to know what's going on. I went to a meeting after I heard about the cookware collapse. I had no idea they were building the atomic bomb in Michigan. I had absolutely no idea. I felt like I was born yesterday when I heard that. But I showed up at a meeting downtown where I heard Rashida talking about that it, the building wasn't safely guarded. It got scrapped. There's, you know, how do you go from radioactivity to no radioactivity? And Mr. Carmack got up and told his story about what happened, how they were told not to be driving heavy loads with heavy equipment and that it collapsed. And you should have seen the panel of people there. It's like they had. 
Thank you. I do just want to share that there was an ordinance implemented as a result of the weight of items that are on any parcel in the city of Detroit um, so that I believe member Santiago Romero uh, sponsored and was enacted. Uh, thank you so much. Next caller. Our next caller is Vince Wade. Good morning, Vince Wade. You have two minutes. Yes. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Cunningham brought me and I want to bring up, um, I just moved into the city from the suburbs and I'm very disappointed on this bus system here. Um, I have had my life threatened on the bus more than one time. Um, it only seems like the transit police cares about is the queue line. And I understand where that's mostly suburban people downtown riding that versus the city buses. I ride the Woodward bus. I ride the Grand River bus. And they're not safe. Um, I know drivers, they just... They have to stay behind that protective glass, which ain't even technically glass. It's only plexiglass. And I've even um, heard about different bus drivers that have been assaulted. One was stabbed not too long ago in the city. So I want to know what is going on as far as trying to protect not only the bus drivers, but the riders that are riding on the buses. It. So if um, you know if there's anything else that can be done about it, that would be great news for um, somebody who's kind of almost ready to move back to the suburbs. That's all. Thank you so much for your comment. Um, I hope that you will also be able to attend the DDOT meeting, or if you can share and, and maybe ask Mr. Cunningham to share your comments as well, but I will certainly look into the transit police um, and especially them riding the queue line because that is a private uh, transportation system. Uh, so we appreciate your comments. The next caller. Yes, Madam Chair, the next caller is number ending in 711. Good morning, caller ending in 711. You have two minutes. Good morning, council members, Malik Shelton. Again, on these um, notices of referendum on these uh, capital improvement bonds, there's really only about three answers that be, that can be given on them. Uh, either the required notices were not issued, that the Duggan administration failed to issue the notices of intent on these bonds, or that these particular bonds do not require a notice, or the Duggan administration can produce the notices. For us to go week after week, month after month, without any response at all, speaks and smells of a total cover-up. But that's okay, because 
We're going to get to the bottom of it. Also, the amount that Duggan and his assessors claiming that they are collecting on their property taxes for fiscal year 2022, they're saying that they collected over 200000 excuse me, $200 million worth of property taxes. How could that be? When the city of Detroit is bleeding residents, it's lost over 60,000 residents since Duggan has been mayor. And we know that the corporate entities and the large corporations, the large commercial uh, entities don't, they pay very little taxes or no taxes at all because of the abatements and the, and the other tax incentives and so forth. Also, according to the law that was passed in 1994, the Heatley Amendment, which was passed in uh, 1978 and Proposal 8 that was passed in 1994, there's a cap on how much property taxes that can be paid anyway. And uh, what's more, as quiet as it's kept, the city of Detroit does not have to charge property taxes if they don't want to. There's, there's nothing obligating the city. They do that. They use Thank you so much. The next caller. Yes, the next caller is Stop the Extortion Illegal Property Taxes. Good morning, caller. You have two minutes. Good morning. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, good morning, um, Council. I appreciate all your hard work. Uh, this is Tahira Ahmed, and I'm, I'm calling regarding the illegal property taxes and how we're being overcharged. I'm uh, calling about my mom's property that I own through inheritance is located near Focus Hope. And I hope you don't okay that slaughterhouse over there. What has happened is I'm being overcharged property taxes for my home. As I said, being extorted because I don't owe the taxes and I'm required to pay the taxes in order to keep from being foreclosed on, illegally foreclosed on. I've suffered the, uh, the disaster of 2021 uh, in June 26th. And I didn't have, I couldn't even afford insurance because I'm being extorted so heavily, $500 a month out of my social security um, uh, and disability check. $500 a month, I had to pay $1,000 to, to prevent the foreclosure. Then uh, FEMA wouldn't help me when, when my home was uh, polluted and destroyed from the disaster to some degree. And now, and, and Small Business Administration wouldn't help me, no one will. So now I have a vacant house on the corner that can be used for my family because my daughter and grandchildren were living in it uh, prior to the disaster. Now I can't get help. I, I've lost the furnace, I've lost the hot water tank. Uh, the singles were, were blown off the roof and it caused the collapse in the front room, which I paid money out my pocket to have cleaned up that asbestos and all. But I cannot do anything with the property until I get help. And I think the city having uh, received over a, uh, a half a billion, over a billion, almost a billion dollars uh, in, in ARPA funds can help me. Please direct me to someone. Thank you, Ms. Ahmed. If you will please give our office a call so that we have your contact information, um, we can direct you accordingly. Our office number is area code 313-224-4841. Thank you. Madam Chair. 
Member Calloway? Yes, Ms. Ahmed lives in my district. I've actually been to her home. Um, I've also, um, um, the mayor has also reached out to Ms. Ahmed and we have been making sure that she's been getting resources and um, we will continue to do that. But she does live in my district. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, I appreciate that. The next caller. Yes, Madam Chair, the next caller is You Matter. Good morning, You Matter. I believe we may have already heard from Ms. Warwick, if that is her. You have two minutes. Good morning, You Matter. You Matter has been asked to unmute. They just have to accept it. I believe it is Ms. Warwick. Can we go to the next caller and come back? Yes, Madam Chair. The next caller is Detroit Unity. Good morning, Detroit Unity. You have two minutes. Well, Happy New Year to my favorite committee, uh, uh, Detroit City Council. You three ladies hold three-fifths of the votes necessary to pass any measure through the Detroit City Council. Uh, that's a strong position. It, once again, um, Happy New Year to my favorite committee on the Detroit City Council. Uh, you three ladies hold three-fifths of the votes necessary to pass anything through council in the city of Detroit. You also hold three-fifths of the votes necessary to stop all the nonsense here in the city of Detroit. Now, my extensive investigation and, and has uh, uncovered that there's mass corruption going on, rampant corruption going on in the city of Detroit. It needs to stop. It starts over at the D Detroit, the police department with me and the fact that uh, Tanisha Coleman's uh, death has been tagged, classified, determined, labeled, and designated as a suicide, which is physically impossible according to the laws of physics. You cannot have a suicide by gun without gun stippling on an entry wound. Never in the history of forensics has it took place, except for the case of Kenesha Coleman, that an actual suicide by gun um, did not contain uh, suicide of the gun stippling. Now, um, by resolution, the city council could clear that matter all, all the way up by just making a resolution that no city document can contain false information. And that would go along to help Mr. Sheldon as well. Um, with this bond issue, I saw documentation that says the city issued over a million and a half dollars of GTO, <clears throat> general tax obligation bonds, with no notice. I had knew nothing of it. Mr. Shelton knew nothing of it, and none of the rest of the citizens in the city knew nothing of it, because they didn't put a notice out. Where is the notice? Uh, David Whitaker has not come back with the answer. The answer is... Thank you. The next caller. Madam Chair, there are no more hands raised for virtual public comment. Thank you. Okay, public comment is now cut off and closed. We are going to move to the agenda. We have several interviews lined up. Um, the first is with Dr. Jeffrey Robinson, 
for the reparations task force. Team, if we can move Dr. Robinson over. Yes, Dr. Robinson has been promoted to panelist. Thank you so much. Good morning, Dr. Robinson. Uh, good morning to everyone. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, we're excited to kick off the round of interviews for the Reparations Task Force. If you will please give us a little bit of information about your background, tell us about yourself, um, and what positions you to be a great representative on the Detroit Reparations Task Force. Uh, okay, again, thank, uh, thank you to this committee for this opportunity. Um, my name again is Jeff Robinson. I am a lifelong Detroiter, um, uh, uh, born and bred, I should say, within the Detroit public school system, Mumford High School graduate, um, Michigan State and University of Detroit uh, graduate. Um, my uh, most recent work was with uh, Michigan State uh, University. Um, in um, receiving the first Michigan degree uh, in critical race and education policy uh, from uh, Michigan State University. Um, and I currently serve as the uh, principal of the Paul Robeson Malcolm X Academy within the Detroit public school system. And um, I know it, it, it might sound a little out there, but I'm also the pastor of the Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church on the city's east side. And um, I'm just a, a, a Detroit citizen concerned with the overall improvement of quality of life issues uh, for the city of Detroit, a city that's given me so much, and I'm looking for an opportunity to uh, give back to the city. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, it, I know that there were 12, I believe, disciplines that were elevated that would be ideal or a good fit on the Detroit Reparations Task Force. and. It sounds like you checked several of them. So thank you so much for the work that you do in, in hearing about your background. I do know that you are an appointee of Member Calloway in District 2. Uh, and so I want to turn it over to Member Calloway. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, good morning, Dr. Robinson. Good morning. And um, I'd like to also add that Dr. Robinson lives in uh, my district. And um, I just have a couple questions for you. And I thank you for... Um, even allowing me to um, nominate you to serve on the um, reparations task force, sir. I know how busy your schedule is, but I know the great love that you have for black folks, and I know the great love that you have for this city. Um, so my first question is, what do you feel is, is the significance of a city like Detroit pursuing the issues of reparations? Um, again, thank you, um, Councilwoman Callaway, for the opportunity uh, to be nominated to such an important task force. Um, a city like Detroit embarking on uh, an issue like reparations, I believe, is fitting and proper uh, given Detroit's overall uh, history within this country. We are the blackest, most densely populated area of um, black people anywhere, and uh, we're also a part of uh, I like to think the consciousness of uh, the United States and the development and maintenance of this country's middle class, um, contributions of its industrialization, the unionization, uh, not to mention our cultural um, dominance uh, throughout the entertainment industry. Um, it's only right and fitting that uh, we would look at 
how we can uh, redress the issues uh, that many of us have faced, um, not just in the city of Detroit, not just in the state of Michigan, uh, but just as Black peoples in general who have uh, been a part of building this country, um, but remain at the lower rungs of all its economic, social, um, and I'll even say political ladders in as much as we need to look at, again, improving the overall quality of life issues, um, participation um, in a city uh, that is uh, majority populated by Black people, but uh, very little in terms of economics and political advancement uh, is noticed in terms of its institutions, um, its business uh, sector. Um, I like to think of Detroit as more than economic cattle, um, we ought to be economic participants in that some of the money, the great wealth that's generated here in the city with uh, the sports teams in the downtown and just the, the being an international border, um, you would think there would be more levity in the communities and representation of our city. And so I think pursuing an issue of reparations would be a great start in just redressing and possibly addressing uh, what can be done uh, to level the playing field, because there are a lot of those playing fields uh, that right now are not what they should be. Um, thank you, um, Dr. Robinson. Um, and my second question is, do you have any ideas on possible ways of vetting reparation with the Detroit community? Um, I think the only way that uh, we would be able or we will be able um, to uh, forge out a solution would be to pay particular attention to the lived experiences of Black people in the city of Detroit. I think there to be a unique narrative uh, other than the one that's given in the media and uh, in the commercials. I believe if we as the uh, task force are able to uh, have the time and the structure of citywide meetings and that we not just listen, but that the citizens of Detroit be able to see where they contributed to such an important con uh, conversation. So in as much as we will engage the public, I, I like to be a part of the public actually um, being able to look back at their participation and seeing themselves in what would hopefully be presented to this city council as a way to begin redressing reparations here in Detroit. Thank you for that. And Dr. Robinson, you be, do you agree that the community should be engaged? I believe wholeheartedly they should be engaged. We must start to look at making policies and um, legislation that involves the people. Making plans for them um, is not necessarily always the best uh, um, way forward. We ought to make plans with them and again, have their input and feeling of community and all that is done, especially within city government. Thanks, Dr. Robinson. That um, concludes my questions. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Member Waters. Thank you. Um, good morning, Dr. Robinson. Good morning. I don't have any questions because I'm just totally impressed with you anyway. <laughs> I have watched you uh, throughout the years. Uh, I just want to I want to thank you for all of the knowledge and that you bring to this this community. I've thank visited you. you at your church. I've listened to you on radio. Um, yes, I, you will be a tremendous asset to to that committee. And so I'm looking forward to your leadership on such a committee. So thank you so much for agreeing to participate. Thank you so much. Love to you, Councilwoman Waters. 
And Dr. Robinson, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time out to join us this morning. Um, you are our first uh, interview for the Reparations Task Force. We have many others to come before us. Um, but what will happen is, as we culminate all of the interviews, all of the um, names that have been identified will be provided and move, move forward to the formal committee and the selection, the final selection will happen then. Our goal is to have that done by the end of February. Uh, okay. And so we will keep you posted on um, when we actually have the final vote. Okay. All right. All right. Thank okay. you again. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. All right, we are going to go now to the interview with Gregory Hicks. Mr. Hicks is a candidate for the Reparations Task Force as well. Mr. Hicks has been promoted to panelist. Thank you. And I believe Mr. Hicks was identified by Council President Sheffield. Good morning, Mr. Hicks. Mr. Hicks, your microphone is on mute. There you go. Good morning. How are each of you? We are doing well, thank you. Uh, and hope you are as well. If you will please just introduce yourself, share some information about your background and um, tell us what, how your experiences and your background position you for the reparations task force. Sure, thank you very much. And again, thank you, uh, each of you, um, for being involved in this process and allowing for the uh, citizens, by extension, uh, to be involved in a process that I think that will really shape the kind of next broad narrative uh, in which we'll be confronting. Um, I uh, am a resident of the city of Detroit. I was born and reared here. Uh, started off on the east side of the city of Detroit, and as my family migrated to the uh, west side, um, we, uh, I became involved in uh, community activism around the <clears throat> University of Detroit area uh, with a uh, community organization called Unicom, as well as uh, some of the advocacy organizations around town, which were more left-leaning, uh, if you will. The, um, I hold a uh, bachelor's degree from Wayne State University in public administration, a master's in urban planning, likewise from Wayne State University, and then uh, a second master's from Wayne State University in uh, sociology, and I also received a uh, PhD from Wayne State University, um, and that's in sociology, and my focus on that and uh, in, in all of those endeavors was to harmonize what works in the public arena. I was very concerned about how governments intersect with people, how social movements um, tend to shape the activity of government and what ultimately uh, resources that citizens or activists can bring to bear in order to um, create a better future for the uh, uh, political base in which we're all concerned with. Um, I would say that <clears throat> I've been involved in some central activity in the city. 
I heard on the previous panel is with Dr. Robinson, you raised the question of uh, community outreach um, in connection with some of these broad processes. I would indicate that I was executive director for the 2012 uh, city charter, city revision, uh, city charter revision commission. And in that situation, we held in excess of, <clears throat> I believe, close to 65 or so public hearings had um, solicited from the general public uh, several thousand um, recommendations which led into the formation of the 2012 charter. And I say 2012 and place emphasis on 2012 because I wasn't really a participant in the uh, charter review process that went forth, that, that followed that, except to say that I did submit as a individual citizen, a series of uh, recommendations. Um, uh, I'm generally of the view that historically, this process of economic dislocation is critical, I think, to our, um, to our forward development. And I would say our, I'm talking about the broad uh, uh, society's forward development to the degree that uh, African-Americans have been uh, systematically placed in situations where we've not been able to progress in the same way that others have. It seems to me that, that, uh, that this task force, uh, one of the things in which it can do and should do is to study that in a way so that we can kind of um, resolve this question, at least in our local uh, political environment, resolve this question on whether or not Blacks should even be coming to the table, uh, because there are a number of people who believe that we shouldn't even be at the table, uh, in spite of our strength in population, um, and in spite of the kind of economic contributions that we make with inside the city. So it seemed to me there is the narrative that has to be created. And then most importantly, it seems to me that there has to be some programmatic discussions uh, and efforts put forth so that we can kind of chart out what is possible. Uh, the city does not have full responsibility to resolve these types of issues, but the city can uh, provide a guiding light and the city can, uh, using its resources, pull and push other segments of our population into understanding this whole question of the need for reparations and what that can do if all citizens were in a situation where we were uh, operating from a uh, level playing field. Uh, so I don't want to get too much involved in the philosophy of it, except to say that uh, I'm here for the interview and I'm more interested in to respond to the questions that you might have. And thank you. Thank you. We appreciate everything that you have done thus far for the community. I know that um, I, I've seen you involved in uh, a part of a number of different entities that relate to local government. Uh, and so thank you for that. Um, you certainly won't get any pushback from the three of us as we co-chair the Minority and Small Business Task Force and really looking to help elevate and position um, black entrepreneurs, um, minority entrepreneurs in the city of Detroit 
uh, to make sure that we can provide those opportunities as best as we can in our uh, respective positions. Uh, and so I want to turn it over to my colleagues to see if they have any questions for you. Member Calloway? Yes, um, good morning and thank you Dr. Hicks for being here with us this morning and accepting our invitation to be here. Um, I just have one question. Do you have any um, ideas on possible ways of vetting reparations with the Detroit community? What would be your um, ideal mode of communication and outreach within the city of Detroit? Yes, thank, thank you. And I, and I think that's a, a critical uh, uh, a question, particularly as you move along and do this type of work. What we want to avoid is, I think, a scholarly report that is generated, probably has good content, but is put on the, uh, the shelf. Uh, I sit as a member of the Detroit Library Commission, for example, and sit on the shelf of the, say, the library and no uh, concrete program or discussions and activity that flow from it. So I would envision a similar process that we had in the 2012 uh, Charter Revision Commission, uh, a good number of public meetings to solicit the ideas <clears throat> and the opinions of the general public. In those situations, we held meetings all over the city. I don't think that there was a district or a sub-community that we did not hold a meeting in. We also created an opportunity for uh, the discussions, if you will, to be uh, publicly broadcast and taped so that citizens not only could capture what was going on, but in, as you know, in some situations, uh, issues are raised and you have to go back and you have to take another look at it. You have to have some reference point. You have to know what people were talking about. So the taping and the transcribing of some of that information was critical in terms of enhancing the ability for the community to participate uh, in the discussion. So again, wide ranging discussions, opportunities for people to, um, to of course make input and ultimately a set of, a document and a set of recommendations that have been checked against some baseline realities. Uh, and I say baseline realities because uh, we have to understand what type of resources we have and what can we leverage in order to advance this discussion. Um, um, seems to me that there's great opportunity in the city of Detroit. We just went through a process of uh, uh, celebrating Kwanzaa, for example, and one of the principles associated with Kwanzaa was this uh, question of collective economics. We'd like to really flesh that out. We know what it is in a historical sense, but what does that and what could it mean in today's reality? Because there is a certain amount of people resources and resources economically they're in the pockets of our people that we haven't really focused on uh, so as i said it earlier government will have its part but government is not the exclusive uh dealer in this situation so i'm, I'm kind of envisioning a process that is open um is fairly robust and that allows for citizens to make the kind of input but, but also allows for us to do the kind of, um, I think, good work that has uh, a kind of scholarly content for sure, but also has its, uh, its 
always balance against the reality uh, uh, of where we are. Thank you, Dr. Um, Hicks. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Waters. Thank you so much, Madam Chair. So good morning, Dr. Hicks. Good morning. <laughs> and, and I'm smiling because, you know, I, um, I knew of your works uh, as well throughout out the years. And I'm certainly very comfortable with your level of consciousness uh, as it relates to the community and, and to our people, frankly. So I, I don't have any um, uh, questions for you, but, but I heard you say a couple of things. One, avoiding putting things on the shelf, you know. Uh, the other part of it, you know, born out of reality. We, we want to see those kinds of things happen, you know, let's, let's be realistic. So I appreciate uh, those things that you, that you said, and so that we don't give people false hope, right? You That's know, correct. we don't want to say we, we've got all of these things that we're going to do, and we can't make sure that the, it becomes a reality. So I appreciate uh, that type of, of thinking. I look forward to watching the whole committee engage the entire committee. You know, I'm a former charter commissioner myself from mm -hmm. 1993 to 1996. That charter, which is the one that you guys actually end up replacing. And so thank you for all of your service um, throughout the years to this community. Thank you, Madam. Thank Mayor. you. Thank you. All right, Dr. Hicks. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing of yourself continually. Um, as previously indicated, we do have several other interviews to conduct for the Reparations Task Force. We are looking to get through them by the end of February so that everyone, the final um, individuals that are voted on for the Reparations Task Force can be seated uh, in February. So. We will certainly connect back with you as we move forward throughout the process, but we certainly do appreciate your time today. Again, thank you very much um, and enjoy the balance of your uh, day. Thank you, you as well. All right, we are going to now move into the interview with Geraldine Chapman. And Ms. Chapman is here in person, good morning. Good morning, um, Ms. Chapman is, I believe, a current Board of Review member uh, and looking to be reappointed. So if you will please introduce yourself for the record. Please make sure you touch the bottom of the microphone and it'll turn green. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Geraldine Chapman. I am a resident of the city of Detroit. I was not born here. I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. However, I've been here since 1945. And <laughs> so that sort of makes me a lifelong Detroiter. And I have been a, an employee of the city of Detroit since 1965. I started in the TAP program as a community aide. And in that program, I did pretty much what I'm doing now, serving the public. I have been a public servant 
for over 54 years for the city of Detroit. And I have enjoyed all the jobs that I've had, all the jobs that I've worked in, even as union president for 13 years. Uh, I've been on the board since 2008, and I became a member of the board because my uh, union president, I was a member of the AFSCME union, and my president called me one day and said, would you like to be on the board of review? And I said, yes, I've always wanted to be on the board of review. I had been retired for four years, and I said, I've always wanted to be on the board of review because I knew Brad Reynolds. Um, and uh, uh, Brad was on the board. Maddie Johnson was on the board. These are people that you all probably don't know, but they were around for a long time. And um, I interviewed with Ms. Brenda Jones, and I was her, appointed by her. I am um, citywide. I'm at large. And um, I've been on the board since 2008. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your service. 54 years. Yes, ma'am. That's phenomenal. You have a tremendous amount of insight uh, that has come from those 54 years. Yes, ma'am. We, we certainly do appreciate you and appreciate your um, work on the Board of Review. Uh, tell us about some of the experiences that you've had. What, what is it that brings you joy serving on the Board of Review? Helping the citizens. Um, just before I came up here, I had a taxpayer who came in. He was denied. He was denied for a very simple reason, no identification. He sent a letter to the tax commission, the Michigan Tax Tribunal. The letter sent, they sent it back because he didn't do it properly. And I felt so bad for him that I was trying to get onto this uh, state site to pull off a form for him to do it. But then I had this interview, so I asked Mrs. Patman, who was a new member of the board, if she would, because she was the actually one who had uh, serviced him. So when I left and came up here, she was pulling off a form for him to present to the Michigan Tax Tribunal, because if you don't do it correctly, you will not be honored with uh, an appointment. And I'm going to see that happen a lot this year because a lot of people were denied for no 2021 income, no ID, and a lot of these people don't even know how to come up cut on a computer. Um, at my age, I've learned how to be quite proficient on the computer because of the job that I'm working, but a lot of people don't know how to even cut on a computer. So we're going to see a lot of people coming in here saying, I don't know how to do this. We don't have the staff to help them, but every one of us down there who's working will take the time out to at least pull off that form for those people because serving the public is Christ-like. And what he did, I try to follow his example. I've always tried to follow example because of the fact that Human beings need to be respected. And as a human being, I want respect, and I want to give my fellow citizens the same kind of respect. So that's one of the reasons, that's my driving force, is to service the public. Um, before the pandemic, I made at least 100 home calls 
because of people who could not get out. I made home calls in places that had rats, roaches, hmm. anything that is unpleasant. But you take the time and you do it because you are called to service. And servitude is my middle name. I love it and I appreciate the fact that I'm being interviewed by you all today. Three of the outstanding women on city council and I appreciate each one of you. Hey, thank you, thank you so much. Um, well, you know, the working with people and walking them through this process is extremely important because we know so many of our residents may not be aware of the process. They don't know what to bring and so having individuals like yourself to be able to walk them through the process just to make sure that they can apply properly is extremely important and so I just want to say thank you for um, your interest in continuing to serve and, and for being interested and willing and, and wanting to uh, provide that support to our residents. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Any questions from my colleagues? Member, just, Wolf, um, Member Calloway. Yes, thank you, um, Madam Chair. You're just a breath of fresh air to my ears, and um, I thank you for your uh, many years of service. You don't have to do this. Um, you do it because you have the love for the people, yes, taking those phone calls, being a troubleshooter, um, and you could be at home and join your and join your good life. But we thank you for your service. We thank you for your commitment, and we thank you for the love of the city of Detroit and its people. God bless you. God bless you also, Member Waters. Thank you so much. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Well, uh, certainly, let me just echo what my colleagues have said. Um, thank you so much for your service, you know, and I, you know, I can, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure what that says about me, but you know, <laughs> I, I certainly uh, remember watching you throughout the years too. <laughs> I've been around for a while. You know, <laughs> I served as the secretary for the 13th district for over 15 years. <laughs> so, so, you know, and, and the fact that you have, the ability to and to work, you know, with the team. You know, you were talking about you and you and uh, Dr. Patman working together. You turn that over, you know. I mean, because that's what's going to get the job done. That's correct. You know, teamwork, and and I know because sometimes you know we go out in the community and and we help people with those applications, right. and they are intimidated by those applications. Many of them are. So I'm so grateful to, um, that we have some board members who are willing to sit down, you know, not be judgmental, but just to help people Correct. lend a helping hand. So I want to thank you for that. And please let us know, know whatever we can do to make your job a little bit smoother. You guys have a tremendous amount of work. You have to do yes, we do. the home repair applications, and you have to you have to review those. And then here here it is: foreclosures are coming up in March. Yes. There's a lot of work to do. Um, let us know, please, what we can do to make things just a little bit smoother for you as you continue to work hard to service our citizens. Thank, thank you. you so much, and thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Thank you all. And Ms. Chapman, I, you've shared a tremendous amount with us. Is, is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we close out? Um, not really. Basically, I've, 
ever since I started working in 1965, well, not before that, I worked for Dr. Curtis. You all might not remember Curtis Products. I worked for him in Sam's Cut Rate store. You may not remember his products, but he was a black doctor, had hair products, and I, worked, I was a demonstrator for him in the Sam's department store for about six years before I started with the city. Madam Chair. Member Calloway? My mother and my father used to use the Curtis rubbing oil. And Sam's cut rate um, was uh, Harvey Deutsch, the Deutsch family. Yes, um, And so, um, and Martha Jean the Queen uh, I was used her secretary. to, absolutely, she used to run commercials. She would do the voice work yes. for those commercials. And um, so absolutely can still find those Curtis products in certain um, drugstores. We used right. to call them drugstores. Right. But um, I think Rite Aid on um, Seven Mile in Wyoming still has Curtis products. So thank you for bringing, bringing that up. That gives me fond memories. Thank that you. Was, that was a wonderful time in my yes, life. Yes, ma'am. Ms. Chapman, thank you so much for your time today as well as your service to residents throughout the city of Detroit. Um, we appreciate you tremendously. Colleagues, is there a motion to request LPD to draft a resolution to reappoint Ms. Geraldine Chapman to the Board of Review? So moved. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Thank you so much, and we'll thank uh, Member Young for uh, reappointing you. We appreciate it. Thank you very you. much. Mm -hmm. You all have a blessed day. You as well. Madam Chair. Dr. Powers. Um, is it your intention to send this um, appointment to the formal session on Tuesday? Yes, thank you. Is, is there a motion on, is there a motion to send line item seven to formal with a recommendation to approve? Motion. <laughs> Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Thank you, Dr. Powers. And our final interview is Elois Moore. Elois Moore is um, being reappointed to the Board of Zoning Appeals for District 3. Team, is Ms. Moore available? Yes. Ms. Moore has been promoted to panelist. Thank you so much. Hello. Good morning, Miss Moore. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Doing well, thank you. How are good. you? I'm okay. Thank you for asking. Good, good. If you will please introduce yourself for the record. Okay. Okay, my name is Alois Moore, um, Board of Zoning uh, member for District 3 in District 3. Excellent. So Miss Moore and I actually served on the Board of Zoning Appeals together. And don't hold that against me. Please don't <laughs> hold that against me. <laughs> you know, I certainly will not. Um, and so she's been serving for some time now. So can you talk to us about how long you've been on the Board of Zoning Appeals and what is it that keeps you on the Board of Zoning Appeals? Well, you know, I think this will be my fourth term. I, uh, and, and I have to, what I have to say is uh, a few years ago when they had the city county meetings, uh, in the big room, there was a lady that was there that was had served as a Board of Zoning member. And she suggested that 
we should be term limited, which made sense to me at that at that time, because I felt that everybody should have a chance to actually mingle and get involved in what's going on in the district. Uh, but since then, and especially after the uh, marijuana fiasco has almost passed me by, I, I've got a chance to see what's actually going on in the city of Detroit and building new buildings and uh, houses and restaurants. So it, it's been a labor of love. I, and I've got to be honest, I have thought about leaving twice. The first time was because I just thought I was just too big mouth and I was getting all kind inundated with all kinds of calls and suggestions. And then the second time when my husband became ill and I'm a caregiver, but praise God, he's back on his feet. So the passion is there, the city is growing and, and it's just beautiful to see. And I said, well, let me try it one more time. And plus, and I'm, I'm saying, I've told uh, my councilman, you have to find somebody that's good enough to replace me. And that's just a little joke that we have. That, that's going to be difficult for him, let me say. Um, so can, can you talk about your engagement in the community? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I'm the president of um, the Binder Street Block Club, Binder Street Block Club O&R, and I've been uh, president of that organization since uh, 2005. Uh, when I retired from the city, uh, from the Board of Education, which I was not ready to do, but because they didn't have any money, so I had to leave. Um, I wanted to do more in the community. So we organized the Farewell Community Association, which consists of three block clubs. And right now I'm getting ready to open it up because I think uh, people are excited about what we're doing in the community. As far as uh, we have the Farewell Community Garden, that, that's my passion. And we have a senior walking group and we have a uh, CB patrol. And there's other things that we're trying to get together and make this neighborhood a safer uh, community. Uh, and I'm uh, the president of those organizations, but uh, I, I love it, it's a passion of mine. And I really wanna get across to people in District 3 and what I need to talk to someone about to open up your block club. As long as it's open up to District 3, I just feel that people who want to be a part of what we're doing should be able to, uh, be a part of that. But that's my passion, uh, taking care of the neighborhood and making sure the children have something to do in the summertime. And we've gotten uh, several grants and we hire kids to come during the summer to paint the gazebo and plant and learn how to eat fresh and healthy vegetables. Mm -hmm. Excellent, thank, thank you for sharing that. So I knew of some of that, but yeah. I, think it's, I think it's important to elevate that because as a member of the Board of Zoning Appeals, um, I know when when we were on the board together that a lot of what we talked about and wanted to make sure we did was engage the community to make sure that the community understood the, the type of petition that was before the Board of Zoning Appeals and making sure that businesses were working well with our communities. Uh, and so I think that's extremely important. I know you believe that's extremely important, and that's why your voice, no matter how loud it is, is important <laughs> on the Board of Zoning Appeals. So thank you for continuing to thank serve um, and continuing to be passionate about the communities, not only in District 3, but throughout the entire city. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Member Callaway? Yeah, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, 
Miss Moore, do you, did, when you work for DPSCD, did you work with a Ruby Newbold? I'm just yes. Okay. Yes, um, I did. Yeah, Ruby I Jean, was, I did. Right. I worked with you, um, Miss Moore. I was one of the hearing officers for the district with um, Lori Washington in employee relations, and we did some hearings together. Well, don't hold that against no, me. No, it's either. okay. I just, okay. but I have a good memory. So, um, you and Ruby Newbold, I want to tell you that I know you retired, but you and Ruby Newbold did a, oh, yeah. um, some wonderful things in the district, yes, um, yes. representing those clericals. And I just remember the good work that you did. So, um, it's good seeing you again. But thank you, darling. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And um, continue yes. to have your loud voice, and we appreciate your willingness to continue to serve. So, it's good oh, seeing I'm, you. I'm glad you. to hear that. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right, thank you. Um, if there's nothing else that you'd like to share with us, we will go ahead and move forward. Miss um, Moore, mm -hmm. would you like to close us out with anything? No, that I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I was nervous. I was very apprehensive because I kept saying every time I would have a board meeting or a BZA meeting, I would get calls from people saying, you did a good job, or Miss Moore, you didn't have to do this, blah, blah, blah. But I'm enjoying it. I'm loving it. And it gives me something to do and gets me something to say and knowing that I'm a part of something, like I was part of the union. I, you know, I appreciate that very much. Thank you. Yep. Well, from my view, I think you've always done an excellent job. So thank, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise. Um, all right, colleagues, is there a motion to request... LPD to draft a resolution to approve of Elois Morris' reappointment to the Board of Zoning Appeals representing District 3. Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Is there a motion to move line item 8 to formal with a recommendation to approve? So moved. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Thank you so much again, Ms. Thank Moore. you. God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. We appreciate you as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will. I will. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. We are going to move on to unfinished business. So line items 9.1 through 9.3, without objection, I'd like to combine them. They were items that were sent back to committee in order for us to conduct, to reschedule a closed session for line item 9.2. Is there a motion to bring back line items 9.1 through 9.3 at a date to be determined after the closed session? Motion. There is a motion to bring line items 9.1 through 9.3 back at a date to be determined. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 9.4, contract number 600-3874, city funding. Amendment number one, to provide an extension of time and an increase of funds for legal counsel on immigration employee sponsorships for the city of Detroit. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you. Seeing Corporation Counsel Mallet here joining us. Good morning, sir. 
Good morning, Madam Chairman. Will you please share with us what we have before us? So, yes, ma'am. And in, in fact, we just had a presentation this morning from uh, the group of persons who work for both HRD and for the Human Resources Department about all of the resettlement activities going on with the more than 500 Afghan refugees that we have here in the city of Detroit. Clark Hill was the entity that we used to help assist us in the process of getting all of the Afghan refugees through all of the both federal, state, and local paperwork that had to be done uh, in order to allow them to begin their new lives in this country. Part of the reason that uh, the previous administration looked to Clark Hill, many of the organizations, as uh, this honorable body might expect, who do this work on a regular basis, in fact, uh, had a conflict in that they were representing a variety of people uh, 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 in antagonistic actions against the federal government trying to uh, uh, be involved in activities where they were, they were litigants and had conflicts. Clark Hill had not done previous individual immigration work in terms of refugees, uh, uh, the circumstance that we're in now. Uh, they've done a good job, Madam Chairperson. Many of these cases are ongoing. Uh, we've heard recently about the arrival of some Ukrainian uh, refugees that are coming into uh, the state of Michigan per uh, the State Department. Uh, that's another group of persons who will have even more complex uh, immigration issues because they are not coming with the imprimatur of the United States federal government as the Afghan refugees did. Uh, this team of persons, as you all know, is based here in the city of Detroit. Uh, Krista Bil Trebilcock uh, is one of the lead attorneys along with uh, Detroit resident and partner in that firm, uh, Reginald Turner. Uh, they've done good work for us, uh, and we believe and would request uh, that uh, this honorable body approve the contract extension. Thank you. Um Corporation Council, can you identify our individuals working for various departments within the city of Detroit where these services are provided to them? You're talking about the persons delivering service to the Afghan refugees? So this particular contract is for uh, Clark Hill to provide um, support around immigration uh, employee yes, sponsorships. Right. Are all of the individuals that are receiving the support, they are employed with the City of Detroit within various departments? No, not all of them. Uh, there are about 500. We've only been able to, uh, Madam Chairperson, at this point, the number that was related today was 51 uh, of the persons who have actually uh, been able to go through the process, go through the English uh, language capability uh, training, uh, so it's a process, and it's, we've, been, we've been doing this work with the Afghan refugees for about a year and a half now. So uh, we still are quite optimistic about our ability to continue to find employment, uh, but everyone has not progressed uh, uh, through the process. Thank you. Member Calloway? Um, yeah. Thank you, Madam Chair, and um, thank you, Mr. Mallet. Um, you said that this law firm has processed 51 
Refugees? No, ma'am. We no. we no. Uh, they've okay. pro the the they have done the paperwork, uh, council person, and are assisting in making sure that everybody's paperwork is 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 complete. And I believe uh, 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 at this point, everybody's paperwork is well in order. The fifty-one number that I was talking about were persons who were Im actually employed by the city of Detroit. Okay, so this contract. Thank thank you for that. So this contract originated August sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. And it says through December 2022. So are we asking that it go beyond 2022? Because now we're in 2023. Right. So has the contract ended because it's asking for an additional $50,000? And how many sponsorships does that cover? And how many sponsorships have we already um, processed? So this is for work that's been done. Uh, uh, by Clark Hill uh, for work done prior to December 2022. But it was done up until this point. So actually I was referring back, uh, Council Member, to work that they have done with the uh, current Afri Afghan refugee population that we have. Okay. And how many immigration employee sponsorships are handled by the City of Detroit? Uh, that, that, that really depends. At this point, um, we have had um, through 20, I think the number is about 1,800 so far. And we, and, and, and part of the, and there is a regular uh, opportunity, and I use that word intentionally, Council Member, uh, a regular opportunity to provide assistance uh, to uh, um, um, persons coming from Latin American countries, particularly who come here on a regular basis. Okay. And then um, one other question. How many immigration um, cases are handled by Clark Hill or has been handled since the original contract, which was August 16, 2020. So they've handled the Afghan refugees, uh, all 500 of those cases in terms of getting their paperwork and in cooperation with the city of Detroit. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And, and then one last question, Madam Chair, if you will allow me. Are they moving to Detroit, Mr. Mallet? So, I mean, that's, that's I know, I, no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, the, the, I know they're moving to Dearborn and out in no. Oakland County, but can we can we get a list of where they're moving to, possibly, if it's not an invasion of their privacy? I would like to know that we're really helping um, these uh, refugees who are actually moving to the city of Detroit. That is certainly uh, our intention. The good news is is that, uh, as, we, uh, related, as we related to the meeting this morning, uh, there is a very large group of persons over on West Warren. There's a very large group of persons here right down the street uh, in Midtown. Uh, I can ask uh, um, uh, HRD to give you the precise information that you're asking for, uh, but we've done a good job uh, in encouraging uh, the refugees to uh, uh, stay here with us, and I think that we've been uh, uh, not as successful as we might have hoped, but very successful. Yeah, we would like. I would like an opportunity to maybe participate in some type of welcome. Um, and let them, you know, maybe give them a tour of my district. Absolutely. Um, and, okay. Um, you know, we have a lot, a lot of houses and apartments um, that have some availability, and um, they may not be familiar with um, um, the entire city. 
Right. But I would hope that we, since we are proving this, that we would have an opportunity to be a part of the process, even if it's just a welcome. Um, they need to meet the folks who are making sure that these sponsorships are being approved in terms of the monetary um, um, part of it. Thank you, Mr. Mal. I have no other questions, Madam Chair. Thank you, Member Callaway. Member Waters? Thank you. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, so Member Callaway did touch on one of my questions, and that had to do with, you know, kind of where they were located, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mostly concentrated. So I'm trying to understand this. So we're paying for them, and then they go in, and, and they can move to another city and go to Dearborn or whatever. I, I Then I, 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 you got to help me with this. Well, I, I mean, I think I think there's 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 a number of things going on at the same time, uh, Member Waters. First of all, um, you know, under this under this honorable body's leadership and City of Detroit's uh, uh, our tradition, we're a welcoming community, and 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 I think all of us take a great deal of pride in that. Number one, number two, the. Um, uh, to the point made by Member Calloway, this is an opportunity for us to continue to rebuild our city, both from within and without. Uh, this is this is I think that these are uh, uh, efforts that are really, really, really um, it, it, as intense as they are, and with the and with the level of support that we're providing. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of uh, philanthropic support that are that are are, are helping the transition for uh, the refugees who come to the city. Uh, those individuals that uh, we can get into uh, our workforce, uh, we're encouraging. To remember Callaway's point, with one young woman who uh, is working for us, uh, who was working for us, Michelle Overholtz, literally was taking people around individually to houses. Uh, to take a look, uh, it's a process. I don't. I, there's no guarantees uh, in terms of, you know, in order for us to be helpful to you, um, uh, you have to make a commitment. Um, we're really, really trying to provide a carrot, and and I think we've been successful. Uh, not a hundred percent, but we're moving in that direction. All right. So I get it. You know, we we are benevolent, and we all all those kinds of things. I just. I just kind of wanted to understand, mm. um, you know, the usage of mm -hmm. of, of the dollars. Yes. Um, how long? What's the average time that they spend here after we've assisted them? You know, you know, they set up residency here for a month, two months. I'm I'm just curious. Do, do we know? I, I, I don't have that information, Member Calloway, excuse me, uh, Member Waters with me today. Uh, did, I was going to point out to Member Calloway that Denise Starr, mm -hmm. our CHRO, would be reaching out to her, and she's the one, Member Waters, who would be able to have all of these details uh, uh, available maybe, maybe to you. Maybe she share with all of us the, the information, because I, I do kind of want to know. And, you know, of course, you know, it, it's our job to... Uh, have people to come here in this city and, and stay. Yes, I mean, ma'am. So that's that's part of, uh, of of what we do. Mm -hmm. But so so those uh, I would be curious though. So when she sends out the information to Member Callaway, I'd like to receive it as well. No question. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, um, Corporation Council. I am wondering. So is this 
entire contract part of it, number one, in collaboration with the state, uh, and two, um, being done because Detroit is a sanctuary city? Well, the, the, what we've done is, is we're not a sanctuary city per se, as you know, Madam Chairperson. What we've done is adopt all of the precepts around the sanctuary city without the formal designation. Uh, at the time, uh, there was, in the previous administration, as you remember, there was going to be penalties imposed on, quote, sanctuary cities. So what we did and what this honorable body did uh, was adopt all of the sanctuary city precepts without that final step, number one. Number two, the, um, 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 we are working diligently with the State Department, with the State of Michigan, with philanthropic organizations uh, uh, that, normal, that, that, that are engaged in this work 100% of the time. So it's a real multi-government philanthropic-based uh, effort uh, to make sure that these uh, these families, uh, uh, um, as they arrive, uh, can get the kind of support that they need. Uh, and as I indicated to uh, Member Waters, the length of the service provided and the length of support provided is not um, it's you know it's not forever. Uh, and and but Denise Starr is going to have uh, the 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 timelines for you. Thank you. And it, it would also be beneficial for us to know um, what are some of the challenges that they have in staying in the city of Detroit. Okay. Um, don't know if it's housing, housing costs. Um, I know there has been some conversation around Detroit ID and providing that support to them for them to be able to move about um, and do things uh, the way that most of us do them with a driver's license or a state ID. Um, and so just curious to know if, if that's something that we can hone in on and try to work through those challenges or, or concerns to house more of them in the city of Detroit and, and, you know, have them sharing in the costs that we all, you know, have upon us. Um, but then also, you know, helping them with becoming employed and, you know, the program is, 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 is I want to give Denise Starr the full opportunity to present it to you and that there, there is a whole slide deck, Madam Chairperson, that I'm sure that she can share with you uh, in very short order. Um, I, the, the, the work that they've done, I, I, I really I think at the end of the day you're going to uh, be pleased with the progress. There is always going to be opportunity, but they, this, this group has done some really good work. All right, thank you. Member Calloway? Yes, um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I, I, I really want to go back to my original question. I want to know where the um, refugees are settling. I want um, some definitive information. We have the largest Arab population outside of the Middle East right here in our own community. And I, I'm not believing that they're moving to Detroit, the Af, um, these refugees. I think we are spending money to get them processed, perhaps give them a job here and there. We have Detroiters who need jobs. They need, they need help. Um, we have folks who live in this city. Um, and um, I'm just thinking, I want to know we're helping them. And if they're not living in our community, I really have a problem with that. Um, and can ARPA dollars or grant dollars, and, and going back to what I was saying earlier, we have the largest Arab population outside of the Middle East. 
Have we gone to their community and asked them to help us foot this bill? We have certainly gone to the community and, and the, a lot of the philanthropic organizations, Member Callaway, that are supporting this effort are based in, the, in, in, in this region and, are, and, and, and familiar with uh, the population. But again, the, uh, let me give Denise Starr the opportunity to present the program in all of its various facets. Uh, it's been successful, I will say that, and I think that when you see the data that she's going to present, uh, it may not be uh, all that we might have hoped, but you're going to see a very serious effort and a successful program. Yeah. Madam Chair, one more question. How was Clark Hill, um, is this the same Clark Hill that um, participated in the lawsuit to sue the Detroit Will Breathe and cost us over a million dollars in a settlement, and we gave them two extensions? I'm just thinking we... Are we trying to use other law firms, Mr. Mallet? Because we always seem to give Fink and Clark Hill all the, all the legal work in the city. We have all these African-American um, law firms dying on the vine, and we seem to just keep giving Fink, Brezak, millions, and I guess we'll get to that one in a minute, but why are we continuing to use Clark Hill? Not saying to exclude them, but how did they get this work? What other law firms bidded on this work? How did they get it? So um, uh, this came up uh, prior uh, to uh, the current to prior to my administration, Member Calloway. Yes, sir. Um, uh, I will say this: that both uh, Chris Terbilcock and Reggie Turner uh, uh, are very active in this community. Reggie Turner, particularly, uh, uh, is well known to a lot of us, and what they do is good work. Uh, I do think that as we go forward, you're going to see more diversity of opportunity. Uh, and so we hear you loud and clear uh, about meeting our responsibility to engage with as many members of the legal community as we can. Uh, that's something I think that you will see uh, as, as we continue to go forward. Um, Madam Chair, my last question. This is amendment number one, mm -hmm. and I'm watching these amendments because what happens, in my opinion, we approve these amendments, and then it doesn't have to go out for bid again because it's not a new contract. We're just extending the contract, amending it, increasing it, and extending the length of time. So I'll be watching this one very closely because I would like to see, Mr. Mallet, under your wonderful leadership, diversity. Yes, ma'am. Diversity. We have Fink and we have Clark Hill. They may have one or two African-Americans on their team. We all know about Reginald Turner. He is the poster, I mean, the face of the law firm when that face is needed. I'm asking, Mr. Mallet, if we can just please give African-American lawyers who have their own firms, you know them. We have the Black Women's Lawyers Association. They're getting nothing. And the largest um, population in this city is black women. So I'm going to keep fighting, I'm going to keep being vocal, but um, we can't keep giving contracts to Clark Hill and Fink, not for the next three years while I'm here. Thank you, Mr. Mallow, for everything that you do. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. Any additional questions or comments? Is there a motion on line item 9.4? Guess it's my job. <laughs> motion to approve. There's a motion to approve line item 9.4. Any objection? Hearing Objection. Now, one objection, Mr. Clerk, if you will please note Member Calloway is an objection. So noted. 
Thank you. Line item 9.4 uh, shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Moving on to line item 9.5, contract number 6000554, 100% city funding, amendment number 13 to provide an increase of funds only for legal representation to the city of Detroit in impending litigation involving claims against the city for ongoing cases. Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you. Uh, Corporation Council Mallet, are you here just to take any questions or would you like to share anything about um, line item 9.5? Yes, ma'am, and I appreciate the opportunity. Let me, let me just say to this uh, honorable body that uh, David Fink, uh, as you may or may not know, started out his career in the city of Detroit's law department. More importantly, though, David has been on behalf of the city clerk uh, providing particularly election counsel to her team since the 2020 uh, election. Uh, he's done extraordinary work uh, for her. Uh, that's a real, real trusted, close relationship. Uh, he has been really omnipresent and available uh, to the clerk. Uh, he has certainly been uh, diligent. I think that you all might be aware that when we had most recently the litigation in Wayne County uh, uh, against the election results that were produced by our clerk, uh, David was the lead lawyer along with his partner, uh, along with a couple of his partners. I participated uh, in that trial as well. Uh, it was it was really 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 uh, a tremendous amount of work. Number one, but number two. Uh, it was a tremendous result. I think that part of the reason that David and company were at, were as successful as they were was all of the lessons that they learned from 2020. Uh, they brought then into the 22 uh, litigation, uh, and and quite frankly, Madam Chairperson, we are we will be well served to have David with us as we anticipate uh, the lawsuits that are coming in 2024. Uh, the last piece of litigation that he's involved in, which related back to uh, uh, the election uh, uh, work that he had done, uh, as we were contemplating our lawsuit against the United States government for the census results that were produced and our lack of opportunity, in fact, to uh, protest the population figures that were uh, published last year and then a violation of the United States of their own, uh, of the Census Bureau's own administrative rules in terms of opportunity to uh, protest and then make a uh, presentation uh, based on the rules that they claimed that they were going to follow. Uh, David was the lead lawyer with us on that. Uh, this is complex litigation of this sort. Uh, is the kind of work that David has been doing on behalf of the city for a number of years. Um, I appreciate everything uh, that Member Calloway has indicated about diversity. In this particular instance, I can say without equivocation uh, that David is an expert and a specialist, uh, and these are difficult cases, and as we go into 2024, um, I, I, I anticipate that I'll be back here uh, asking for your support. Uh, we are already getting 
uh, FOIA requests from persons who are anticipating or who are still trying to propagate concerns about the 22 election. And we know, Madam Chairperson, that this is going to form the basis of whatever protests they're going to bring in 2024. Uh, this is a long-term fight. Uh, and in this particular instance, uh, having uh, uh, David and his team available to us uh, is, is, uh, is an important part of our ability to be successful. Thank you for that. Um, I, I hear Member Callaway's um, concern around the continual amendments that we receive, and quite honestly, I am planning to raise that during budget our budget hearings, particularly with the Office of Contracting and Procurement. Um, but I'd like to ask you to share with us specifically um, why this is being contracted out as opposed to the city's law department uh, to address these types, types of cases. So the, the election work, uh, when it came up, uh, if you remember, Madam Chairperson, um, uh, Lawrence Garcia, who was my predecessor in, in this position, uh, was co-counsel with David in 2020. Um, the, 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 there, there was almost an equal sharing of the work between uh, Lawrence and David uh, uh, in the previous round of litigation. Uh, in, as, as in the litigation that came in 2022, I participated in date, but I will not hesitate to say that the Fink team uh, did 99.9% of the work, although I was supervising and, as I indicated, participated in the trial. Uh, so the law department, we took full advantage of David's previous uh, participation with these same litigants dealing with these same issues. So, Madam Chairperson, in that instance, it was a strategic uh, a decision on our part. Uh, James Nasita, uh, who was one of the supervisors down in the law department, is an excellent election uh, lawyer. Uh, and, and so it's not that we don't have uh, a skill set available to us. What we didn't want to do strategically was not take advantage of all of the previous work with these litigants that David had and, and, and a memory set that would have benefited us. So I appreciate that. And you're speaking about a specific case, but this is the 13th Amendment. So uh, it's the 13th Amendment. So this, this is Amendment number 13. And um, there are, I'm sure, a variety of cases that have been provided to them for them to litigate. Uh, and so I'd l just like to see that the law department is taking on more of these cases um, when they have the ability to, to do so and that we are not and I continuing think to, to bid it out. Because I also think that it helps to build the, the skill set and, you know, in our internal uh, legal counsel that we have. Yes, ma'am, and I and I, I and I and I think, Madam Chairperson, you're going to see more of that. Uh, we're building up the law department now. I mean, we we we, we do have uh, uh, at this point, since I've been there, we've hired five lawyers, uh, uh, and so uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, the the goal that you have is the same one that we have. Thank you, colleagues, Member Callaway. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. Um, the previous contract, um, which was line item 9.4, um, I held it. 
and I held this one, is just curious to me that these types of contracts are com come through during recess time. They're very serious contracts, and for them to come through recess um, just makes me question them all the more. Um, this is an increase of over, close to a million dollars. Um, this particular law firm um, handled the cable service and settlement with Comcast, implementation of no-fault reform legislation, litigation and towing matters, no negotiation with the state of Department of Environmental Quality, um, represents city and city officials in the matter of Coleman, Harper, and River Rouge. We're not giving other law firms an opportunity to, to, to get any of this work. Um, representing the city clerk, as Mr. Mallet just um, mentioned, the fire department, Doug, Mayor Duggan, out front media, we're not being fair with giving this work to other law firms outside of Fink. Fink is always going to be the best if we keep giving Fink all the work. I'm not going to um, support um, this contract. Um, this is, like you mentioned earlier, amendment number 13. City funding, $4.5 million to this law firm. They can give me a Detroit address all they want to. I don't support this contract, and I'm not going to continue to support the same law firms getting contracts from the city. And I sit here and support it, knowing that we all know other firms outside of these two. They become the best because we make them the best. They become skilled and experienced because we give them all the work. And so this cannot continue to happen. We have to do a better, I don't want to say better job, but we have to be more intentional about awarding these um, cases to firms outside of Fink and Clark Hill. We have to do it. And so I will not support this contract. Um, almost a million dollar increase. It's an open-ended contract, Mr. Mallow. I don't even know what we're paying for. I know, um, you know, the Joe Dumars field house, it should be on here. I don't see it. That's in my district. I want to know what's going on with that. I've been asking for an entire year before you came, Mr. Mallow. I still haven't gotten answers on that from the law department. So this appears to me to be an open-ended contract for legal services to Mr. Fink and his team that I do not support. $900,000 is, to me, an open-ended contract. What are we basing that number on? Do we just pull it out of the sky? What are we basing $900,000 on, Mr. Mallet? What is he doing? Because we, I can't support this contract, um, Member Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Chairperson, if I could, Member Callaway, what, what I will say is, is that the census litigation that we're involved in right now is extremely important, as you know, has really, really great uh, cost consequences to the city of Detroit, both positive, positive and negative, number one. Number two, the uh, election litigation uh, uh, always pops up. Uh, and then the last piece of this is, is that the this is actually um, um, uh, a way for us. It, this is prophylactic. There's no question about that. Um, and I hear you loud and clear about the the strength that the uh, Fink organization has gained over the years. Um, um, I would simply say that in this particular instance, with the consequential litigation that we are anticipating, particularly on the census and election side, 
um, strategically, uh, we are asking this honorable body to support the strategic decision uh, to continue this affiliation. Madam Chair, I just have one last Thank question. Thank you, Member Calloway. Thank you, Madam Chair. Has the city ever sued the Census Bureau before? Um, you know what? I can. I don't have the answer to that question at my uh, fingertips. I do know this: we did back, uh, if memory serves, when Coleman Young was the mayor. I don't think we've done it since then. Yeah. Do Do you remember whether or not we won that? Because my memory, if it serves me right, we lost. And I think that you're correct. Yes, but sir. in this instance, I, I just say, Member Callaway, this is that the relief that we're asking for, though, is different. We are really, in this particular instance, asking for the Census Bureau to follow its own administrative procedures. It's not quite the same thing. There's no question it's designed to get us to the same place. It's a different request and, and, and we believe strategically uh, might give us the opportunity for a different result. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. As I indicated earlier, I cannot in good conscience um, approve this open-ended $900,000 contract. Thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you, Mr. Mallet. Thank you. Um, I do want to just say thank you to LPD for sharing information with us as it relates to um, the firm's rates that actually bid on the contract. Um, so that information has been provided to us. Uh, Member Waters. Thank you. Um, I certainly um, echo the concerns of, uh, of my colleagues, and I know how important it is as well that we when we go out to, to fight on things that we're in a position to win. Um, can you tell me, do we have any of your lawyers assigned to work with this, this law firm so that they can learn, so that they'll be in a better position, that we'll be in a better position to do a lot of this work ourselves? Have you, are they learning? this I mean they should be assigned to this to this law firm and um, that's the first thing the, the other thing is is that I see that you want them through the the, the end of this year um, how how were how were they basically selected you know in the first place did they um, were there other law firms who were seeking the work, you know, in the city? I'm just curious. I, I know you said some of it was before you became Corp Council. Yes, I, I'm trying to, to understand because um, I'm kind of torn here. So in this particular instance, as I indicated, um, uh, David Frank grew up in the City of Detroit Law Department, so there's no question that relationships previously existed. Uh, the relationship that he has with city clerk uh, Janice Winfrey, I really can't speak to. Uh, I do know that he is a very trusted counselor of the city clerk. Uh, he, and I also know, uh, Member Waters, that he's done very good work for the city of Detroit. There's no question about that. So uh, in this particular instance, you really do have uh, someone with great expertise who in the uh, instance of the city clerk 
uh, has a very uh, high-quality trust relationship already in place. That makes the work, quite frankly, easier. Uh, and so um, we are really, in this particular instance, I think, advocating to this honorable body that we get the benefit of our bargain and that we not, uh, as we anticipate the complex litigation associated with the census, associated with the election, uh, we take full advantage of the opportunity to be successful. Uh, but again, as, as I heard loud and clear what Member Calloway have said, I've heard Member Waters in the past, the things that you've said, uh, we're building the law department strength. Uh, we are hiring new lawyers. Our capability to manage some of these issues in-house is increasing every day. So uh, we're getting to the place, I think, where the, this honorable body wants us to be. Um, and, and I'm not preaching patience per se, uh, but we, 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 will, we will have, I think, results that will, um, that, 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 that will meet the expectation uh, of the uh, men and women on the uh, Detroit City Council. Madam Chair, um, you are very experienced yourself. Are there other um, law firms who are just as good as Fink? when it comes to all of these various issues that that's located here in this city? So I think, Madam uh, uh, Member Waters, that the law, excuse me, uh, the lawsuits of the kind that we're talking about require an institutional base. So you are talking about the big law firms. You are talking about Dickinson Wright. You are talking about Miller Canfield. You are talking about Foley Lardner. You are talking about Bortolowell's um, 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 uh, firm, Miller. Uh, so, yeah, these, the, 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 the census work, the election work is very intense, requires a lot of people devoted to a single issue uh, for, for, you know, weeks at a time. Uh, that, that, that kind of complexity and ability to put the number, uh, the, you know, the person power necessary to be successful is going to be limited to medium to large law firms, absolutely. And all, and all, Madam Chair, and all of those law firms that you mentioned, I mean, they, of course, they are the ones that basically do all the business in the city. What about, what about say, um, Lewis and Monday? What are, do they have no, any no, Lewis, Yeah, Lewis and Monday is a, uh, we do a lot of work with Lewis and Monday. They mm -hmm. have long time been. Uh, the lawyers for the Detroit Economic Growth Corporation. Uh, they are doing contract work now for HRD, and that's fast and furious every single day. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're 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 very present, very present. Okay, so I I just want to finally ask you, um, as Corp Council, um, uh, could you be a bit more proactive in the future and seeing you know looking at other law firms and and so forth, and uh, uh, Member Calloway did men mention the women, mm -hmm. uh, and so forth. Can you, can you do that? I need to see that. That would be yeah. something that would be really, really good to do. Right. So and, that and, we can and, include them as well. Yeah, and I, 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 I appreciate that. And um, um, yes, ma'am, the answer is yes. Okay. Uh, all right, I'll be asking several months from now. You know who, okay. who you've looked and, at, and and and, and, and I'm, I'm I'm speaking as with with a great deal of uh, 
definiteness in my, if that's a word, in, in my tone, because I'm, this is, I'm, I'm going to be able, like I said, meet the expectation. Well, I already know you're a go-getter, so I'm, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Member Waters. Um, and all of that, I think, speaks to making sure that various entities, organizations are connected with the City of Detroit and the Office of Contracting and Procurement to make sure that they are receiving this information. Mm -hmm. So um, I know we have collectively asked to provide opportunities to us so we can, um, so that we share with others in the community for mm -hmm. them to be aware, but it is incumbent upon all of us to make sure that these organizations are at the front end already connected uh, via the city system to be able to receive these opportunities. So now, now Madam Chair. Member um, Waters. I will say that, you know, the last time we did request some information from Director Shaw, she sent out a, a list, if you guys saw that, of various opportunities. So I think they, they're kind of starting to get the message. And, um, but we want to see a lot more of it. We just want to be notified about all of this. I'm not saying that we know anybody that can actually do the work. We don't. I don't know, but I'd like the opportunity to put it out there. Absolutely, Thank you, Madam Chair. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Is there a motion on line item nine point five? Motion to approve. There's a motion to approve line item nine point five. Any objection? Objection. There is. If the clerk will please note, Member Calloway is in objection. So noted. Thank you. Line item 9.5 uh, shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Thank you so much. Thank you. Line item 9.6. Submitting resolution authorization for a settlement and lawsuit of Lockhart, Davis, and Adam Santiago versus City of Detroit at all case number 18 dash CV dash one three zero four five in the amount of one hundred thousand dollars discussion there is a motion to discuss member waters well I, I saw this um, revision so what do we do with it at this point uh, to mr. King from LPD um, just to make you aware this there was a an offer that was previously approved um, by council. I believe it made it too formal. Um, and it looks like the amount has changed. Is it necessary for us to rescind the previous approvement? Madam Chair, I would defer to the law department on this. Attorney Anderson. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, through the chair. <clears throat> it's my understanding that it, that's not necessary, that all the amendments there were made, and it's uh, good to move forward. Thank you. Thank you. Member Waters. Okay. All right. Uh, motion to approve. There's a motion to approve line item 9.6. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 9.6 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Moving on to line item 9.7. Line item 9.7 is a request for legal representation and indemnification of Detroit police officer 
Tierra Funderburg in the lawsuit of Melissa Connolly versus City of Detroit et al. Civil action case number 22-003-624-NI. Is there a motion? Motion. For Member discussion. Callaway? Yeah, motion for discussion. Madam Member Callaway? Yeah, um, yeah, I believe we've um, just had this during a closed session and um, had an opportunity to review some video footage. And um, I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but if I would, um, there's no other further discussion, Madam Chair, perhaps move this to uh, formal session with a recommendation request for legal representation be denied. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. There is a motion to send line item 9.7 to formal with a recommendation to deny. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 9.7 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to deny. Moving on to new business. Line item 10.1 is a request for a settlement and lawsuit of Rakina Boyd et al. versus City of Detroit, case number 20-015608-NF. An incident regarding the Department of Transportation in the amount of $25,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? There is a motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.1 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.2 is a request for settlement and lawsuit of CSAA Insurance Exchange as subrogate of Arian Blaine Lochner versus City of Detroit, case number 21-169-626-GC. An incident regarding the police department uh, in the amount of $10,000. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to. Mm -hmm. There's a motion to approve line item 10.2. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.2 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.3 is a request for settlement and lawsuit of Tyreek Reddick versus Emily Palucky et al. Case number 21-016-603-NZ in the amount of $25,000 an incident regarding the Detroit Police Department. Is there a motion to approve or discuss? Motion to approve. Any objection? Hearing none, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.3 shall be sent to formal with a recommendation to approve. Line item 10.4 is a request for a settlement in the matter of Revere Doc LLC versus City of Detroit et al. Case number 21-012-6862-CB. 
Is there a motion to discuss? Motion. Thank you. Uh, to Attorney Anderson. So this is the case that was brought up during public comment. Um, is there any information that you can share with us? Uh, through the chair, not at this time. Um, I'm not familiar with the subject matter, but I'm happy to get uh, familiar with the facts and uh, report back to this body uh, next week. Thank you. Uh, colleagues, is there a motion to bring line item 10.4 back in one week? Motion, Madam Chair. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.4 shall be brought back in one week. Moving on to line item 10.5, Council President Mary Sheffield submitting memorandum relative to reparations task force nominees. Uh, to, to LPD, I don't see a resolution attached. Um, <clears throat> Mr. King, would would it be beneficial for us to revise the original um, request to LPD to amend that resolution to include all of council president's nominees or should we just take this separately? Madam Chair, uh, Edward King, LPD, I'm sorry. Madam Chair, um, the resolution allows the council president to nominate an executive committee of four. It also allows each council member to nominate two nominees for the task force at large. The executive committee of four is exclusive of the interviewees for the task force at large. So with that being the case, this body has interviewed her nominee for the task force at large. Now the executive committee, you can request a resolution appointing the four members of the executive committee and it would probably be best that at your discretion, of course, you would allow those four members to come before this committee for the benefit of the public. Thank you. Is there a motion? I don't know if I want to do. Is there a motion to request LPD to draft a resolution to for the four nominees or the executive board, my apologies, uh, for the reparations task force? Motion. Excuse me, Madam Chair. Are you asking? Are you asking for a motion for them to come before you, or just to appoint them, or the I wasn't clear what the motion the, was. The request is to ask LPD to draft a resolution um, to appoint these four individuals. In the meantime, we will. Um, reach out to them for them to come before us for an interview. Thank you. Thank you. There is a motion to request LPD to draft a resolution for the four-member executive committee of the reparations task force. 
Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Uh, and as indicated, our team will connect with the individuals to have them uh, come in for an interview before this committee. Is there a motion to, do we need to do anything with 10.5 other than? I, I believe since it's a memo, you should receive and file it since you've, you've already had a motion for action. Thank you. You're Is welcome. there a motion to receive and file line item 10.5? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Line item 10.5 shall be received and filed. Line item 10.6, Council President Mary Sheffield submitting memorandum relative to request to begin the appointment process for Auditor General. And I believe... So the request was made yesterday during formal session. Right. Is there a motion to receive and file line item 10.6? Motion. There's a motion to receive and file line item 10.6. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Moving on to line item 10.7. Councilmember Gab Gabriela Santiago Romero submitting memorandum relative to appointment of Robert Roberts to the Board of Zoning Appeals, District 6. <coughs> Is there a motion requesting LPD to draft a resolution for to appoint Robert Roberts to the Board of Zoning Appeals, and in the meantime, we shall schedule an, an interview with Mr. Roberts. Is there a motion to request LPD to draft a resolution to appoint Robert Roberts to the Board of Zoning Appeals for District 6? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. Is there a motion to receive and file line item 10.7? Motion. Hearing no objection, that action shall be taken. We are now at member reports. Vice Chair Waters. Thank you, Madam Chair. I just want to remind the community um, that we have a skilled trades um, task force uh, meeting today which is going to be at the Detroit Carpenter Training Center at um, 6, let me see, 11687 American Avenue, 11687 American Avenue. And that is from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. It is, this task force is um, jointly shared by Waters, Young, and Sheffield. Thank you. Thank you. Member Calloway? No report at this time. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you. And I'd just like to let District 4 residents know that we are having our first uh, monthly community meeting virtually on Monday, January 23rd at 5.30 p.m. We will have a presentation 
um, done by the University of Michigan's Poverty Solutions, um, sharing information about land contracts. If you are looking to get into a land contract, everything that you need to know uh, prior to doing so. Uh, once again, that is Monday, January 23rd at 5.30 p.m. If you'd like the link for the virtual meeting, please contact our office. The phone number is area code 313-224-4841. Thank you all so much. Remember Johnson, when is that Jeff Chalmers meeting? Is that tonight? When is it? If there is nothing else to come before us, we shall stand adjourned.